for so many years, like anytime I would try and put myself back together and try and get something going, something else would come along and just fucking knock me back down. The reason my family did this thing was because they believed in me and that I could do it. And I was doing it and I had it. And now it's gone. Like now I can't even find it. The movie is undone, you know? I don't have, my story, the arc isn't done yet, but I really feel like I'm on the, the come up. But it's gonna be fucking good. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be fucking good. <laughs> Hold my hand, take me in. Let me know I have a place again. Please remain seated. Welcome everybody to the Rodriguez Project here at Mastermind Media. Devin Workheiser at the table hey, today. Hey, good to see you, Mark. How you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling all right, man. I'm feeling all right. If this was zero to fully caffeinated, where are you at right now? Um, yeah, I've already had a cold brew today, so this is number two. So I'm I'm at like sixty percent okay. right now. You okay. Know? Okay. Uh -huh. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Uh -huh. um, we knew each other first from acting class. Yes, sir. And That's uh, right. and I, and all right. So when I see you thriving in your your uh, new podcast and everything too, yeah. And something I noticed back when we um, we saw each other again on Sophie's yep. uh, POVs, you've always been like. You're deep and and very profound with everything you say, and I was wondering is that is that something that comes natural that you're that you or are you a deep thinker always so mm. you're kind of prepared to uh, dive deep or mm. do, are you able to articulate something right off the bat and be like and, and know how you feel about it or dive into that does that make sense Yeah, kinda. I mean, it's a little bit of both. I I. I uh... It's it's also like chicken or the egg too, because like I mean I've always been in the arts, mm -hmm. which. If you start studying acting, you know, it, it deepens you as a person. But was I drawn to acting because I was already like that? You yeah. know, was I already interested in the inner world and kind of what connects humanity and emotions and why people do things like or like it, it is that chicken or the egg thing. Um, but then as I've grown up, man, I, I don't know. I feel like on my podcast, I feel like in my life and and even with my friends, we weave in our conversations between really deep reflection on our lives because those are the people I'm drawn to and yeah. that's how I live and into silly ass, you know, hilarious bullshit because that's also what I care about. Like, I think life needs both. I, I am a deep thinker. I am, I do spend a lot of time in my own head. Um, but I think you got to balance that with like levity. Yeah. Cause I know plenty of smart, deep thinkers who are overly serious and then you're missing something in life. If you're not balancing that depth with some levity and like humanity and hilarity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love how you even answered the question right here based on how deep you went on that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's what, but that's the, that's the kind of thing. And I yeah. love, and, and it gets, it's tough for me sometimes, even with the small talk now yeah. and i found myself i found myself you know talk having small talk and being in my head like why am i even talking about this right now whatever and i started using those opportunities um to kind of dive deeper into the, that person's story and that yeah. comes from like acting class too versus like hey how's the weather and all that kind of stuff asking about them and almost interviewing them in a sense of like understanding who that person is yeah and then that also informs me on more about the world definitely as well definitely and you'll find people love to talk about themselves yeah like, yeah 
if you're just bouncing back and forth between small talk, and there's a time and place for that. Sure. But if you, like, you'd be surprised if you want to ask someone about their life, they'll answer. Yeah. Um, you just got to have the questions and be willing to listen. And then they'll go. If you're not interjecting with all your own fucking stories and the next thing you want to say, like, it's an amazing thing. You'd be surprised how much people actually want to open up about yeah, their lives yeah. but aren't given the chance. Yeah, nobody's often. really asking them yeah. how they, they and that's what my first acting coach ever was like. Um, I said, hey, how you doing? And he's like, why do you ask that question? Nobody nobody, nobody actually gives you a real answer. And I was like, oh. Sh-. Yeah, you're like, damn. 19, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it's just a starting place, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. And uh, so, so one thing on on this, and I think you're the first you're the first person I really want to do this with, because um, as I'm uh, as as we created the Rodriguez Project, yes, and sir. it being something like live a life worth writing a movie about, mm. um, is the foundation that I think in life taking risks and everything as well. Um, but I wanted to start something. I got you know every every film that I write, I start with a I start with a, an outline, mm-hmm. right? And you write too as mm-hmm. well, right? Yep. Um, and now with the new music, which we're Good Valley. We'll talk about it. But say your movie, mm-hmm. your life as a movie, or maybe uh, a movie that is inspired by your life, starts off with 100-year-old you okay, and a voiceover. And they're describing the opening scene of your film, right? The opening image. Where and what do you see as your opening scene? <laughs> um, by the time I'm 100, it might change. I might start the movie at a point in my life that I haven't reached yet. You know, It mm-hmm. might start with my kids. It might start with some, some shit that has yet to come. But as of right now, it... it, it it has to be moving to LA and kind of like booking meds, man. Like that's where my, the legend of me begins, you know, like there's my personal life, there's my family, there's stuff, but like where the overall story and one of the main uh, themes and waves and dreams of my life, it's moving to LA when I was a kid with my family to come pursue um, acting to yeah. come pursue a life that's not normal to come pursue a life of dreams. Um, and yeah, that would have to be where it starts. And what age was that? I was 12, 12. Uh, I was 11 the first pilot season I came to LA and then 12, I booked Ned's. So what did that month before getting the audition look like? I mean, look, this is a long time ago and I was a kid. So there's like, <laughs> there's me now in my 30s and and the pursuits I'm on now and they've never stopped but I feel like I'm in a new chapter like now I'm really in my adult life and in my adult pursuit of my dreams and creating kind of my life as a movie right um there was the first wave of it when I was a kid and I didn't know any better man I it all happened really organically like I saw movies in Georgia when I was a kid. I would recite them back to my parents. They're like, that's funny. Do you want to do community theater? And I was like, yeah. And then I did community theater. And then I had a great time in there. And the heads of the community theater were like, he's really good. He should meet an agent in Georgia. And this was before uh, Georgia was Hollywood East. This was, Georgia was a right to work state, which means no union work. So it was a much smaller industry there. Um, Kind of impossible, but 
got an agent there, booked a couple commercials. They were like, huh, this kid's good. And then I booked a, a movie out of Georgia, which led those agents to say, hey, you should go to LA and do something called pilot season, which is audition for stuff that's real in LA uh, for like three months at a time. And so that happened and my parents sat me down and they were like, in Georgia, this was before we ever went, they were like, hey, we gotta talk about something. I was 10 years old and it was like after school and it was all serious, you know, they like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And they're like, um, so, you know, your agent here thinks, you know, you're good enough to go to LA to audition, you know, maybe do TV shows or movies, um, you know, uh, you'd have to leave school. Your your mom and you would go to L.A. and pursue this at a time. Like, what do you think about that? And there was like this really serious talk. And I get it now because for them as adults was a huge yeah. decision, like a life changing decision. You know, it would change a lot of things. And I get kind of the weight that they were bringing the decision to me uh, with. But I was a kid. I was like why are we talking about this so seriously? Like, yeah, yeah sounds cool. great. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so got out there, booked a few things. And then the second year we went out there, I booked Ned. Okay. So it was, it was this organic process. So even for me, I mean, the month before the Ned's audition, I was working with a coach, you know, just getting prepped for the yeah, audition. Yeah, yeah. And then there were rounds of callbacks and booked it. But really, it, it just came out of this like organic unfolding of my parents recognizing something natural in me and giving me every opportunity to succeed with those natural uh, kind of inclinations I had. And the older I get, the more I'm surprised by it, the yeah. more I'm so grateful to them and just blown away that that's what they chose to do with me. Yeah. 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 It gave you that opportunity. And, and one thing I noticed too, on your Instagram work harder. Yeah. Yeah. Where did that come from? So is that, because obviously like. <laughs> work Kaiser, work yeah, harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, where did that come from? And because yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, of pushing people to work harder. Yes. And how, and how much, how many people don't work as hard as they actually need to, to make their To lives, make it happen. Yeah, yes. Come true. So. Yeah. So first it was, um, it was honestly Chris and Kyle Massey. Yeah, um, yeah. They're actors also in LA. Uh, it came from them. Like Kyle would just call me work harder. Like this was like years ago. We were teenagers. Uh, just, What's up, work harder? Um, so he, <laughs> he would just call me that for a while. And then so when it came to like starting Instagram, I just like threw up work harder instead of workizer. And it's kind of stuck. And I've laughed at it throughout my life because there have been times when I have needed to work harder and I just look at that handle and I'm like, wow, I like played myself. Like uh, I'm like pointing at myself some of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even but, seeing like, yeah, from, you know, working so young and like, I mean, obviously long hours and everything too, yeah, sure. you've, you've already embodied that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, I got work ethic. I also love to do nothing and I need to do nothing yeah, for yeah. much of my life, but I got, I, I like working hard when it's on something that I really love, you know, yeah. or, or where the success of it is clear. You know, it's hard when you're pursuing something that like, the success of it is unclear. It's hard when like the goal is kind of ambiguous because sure. you don't know where to put all that energy. But when it's like, I got to get this record done or like, you know, I got to yeah. record my podcast and edit it and get it out. Like when the goal is clear, I love like 
not eating and not sleeping and yeah. just like being an idiot. Yeah, it's like it's a, a gift and a curse. And that's something we talk about a lot, too. She's probably looking at me going, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I resonate. I resonate with uh, you, Devin. I love to do nothing. I need that do nothing mm-hmm. time. And then when I have like a clear vision of exactly what I'm doing, like I work hard as hell. Yes. Yeah. And yes. that's that's what I think you need both. Yeah. Yes. And I'm, I'm getting better at, at saying, okay, yeah, we do need to do nothing. And that's one thing over time, my body was like, bro, what do you, my, my brain was like, let's keep going. And my body was like, we're dying. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? And, uh, and it usually, it takes me something that really draws a line on the sand. Like, Hey, no, now this is unhealthy. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Exactly. Stupid man brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, Boy pe- math. yeah, I think people struggle in, in that hustle culture. You can get real caught up in like every day needs to be productive. I heard fucking Rob Deerdeck on a podcast, like describe his like time blocked life, like up at four 30, whatever the fuck it, it, every half hour was like time blocked for how he's optimizing his time. And granted, Man is super productive. Man's is super successful. Man's has built shit that like, you know, just prints him money. It's insane. He's impressive as a businessman. But when I heard the description of his life and his day and how it's mapped out on a calendar, I was like, nope, not for (laughs) me. I think a part, I take, not for me, some, some of that. Then that's where I, because I'm, I'm very structured and, uh, yeah, his, 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 what does he say? It's like, um, I forget what, what he calls the, calls it. Yeah, there it's was like, a name for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's and it's really impressive even how he got started and like what he's built. And Incredible. It, and it makes sense. However, that's why everybody's whatever works for you, do that. Yeah. You don't have to do that just to be successful. It, exactly. I mean, like have your dream of success. If that is if you want to be Rob Deerdeck, CDO, CEO, 12 businesses, time block days, up at 4:30, in bed at 9:30, you know, every day, like Cool, man. That's yeah. fun for you. That sounds lame as shit to me. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah. like, I don't want that. But that's me. But that's Because I have my dream of success and my dream of life. And part of my dream of success is weeks where I do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what so I mean? Work hard so you don't have work to work hard so I don't have to work <laughs> some of the time. <laughs> yeah, follow him on TikTok. Uh, Devin <laughs> works some of the time. Works some of the time. It's a balance. I it's a balance. Life's a balance. Yeah, yeah. So you, you've really figured yourself out. It feels like. And uh, obviously, when we get in our thirties, we start saying, "Oh, that's okay. the that's the thing, man." I feel at a very good place in my life now. Uh, my twenties were a journey. Uh, my early turning thirty was a journey because it was like during the pandemic. So. Yeah. For anyone who turned 30 in the pandemic, I mean, Bo Burnham made a song about it. Like, it was an intense time to have that decade turn, you know, and not really be able to be around people and kind of be looking out at the world and not feeling great about it. And then particularly at that time in my life, shit wasn't going for me at the time two years ago. Like, I was still struggling to get a foothold again on my dreams, on my career, on my purpose, on my life. And so turning 30 was was uh, painful, but <laughs> but in the last couple of years, yeah, man, I, I feel like at a good place with myself. I know 
I know who I am and I know what I want. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a quick little break from the show to talk about our amazing sponsor, Zyko, X-Y-K-O.co is their website and Zyko, X-Y-K-O.go is their social media platforms. But we're so stoked about this partnership. This is their first product is this minimalistic design for their wallet. I've had several of these, but this design has been the easiest, like a little lighter flick, boom, right back in your pocket minimalistic, modernized, and just everywhere I go, people ask me where the hell I got this from. And it's Zyko, X-Y-K-O.co. What does that mean? The underlying desire to go, to live your life, to make things happen. And that's exactly what we're about at Mastermind. So we are so stoked to be working with them. So check them out, Zyko.co. Also, Ink Detroit. Ink Detroit make this hat. They make all of our merchandise. They do hats, they do t-shirts, they do hoodies, you name it, they do it. And they work in Detroit, but they ship to all over the nation as well. So please check them out, inkdetroit.com and Ink Detroit on all social media platforms as well. So if you're a business or you're a brand and you need to get stuff made on a, a bunch of different kinds of clothing, check them out. They will take care of you and let them know that Mastermind sent you. Uh, lastly, before we get back in the show, what do we do at Mastermind? <laughs> People see Mastermind Media like, who the hell, what, what is this? Is this just a podcast studio? Partially, yes, we do podcasts here at Mastermind. We're in Los Angeles. This is one of our newest ventures, but social media management, graphic design, logos, uh, pitch decks, you name it. We do a digital production, interviews. Uh, check us out on Mastermind. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-M-Y-N-D media.com. Um, but if you're in Los Angeles and you're looking for a place to do podcasts, yes, we do that. And we're so stoked to be doing podcasts. There's so many cool people in Los Angeles and the conversations that happen at this table. It's just, it's been amazing. So if you're looking for somebody, you're looking for a partner to the digital world, look no further. Please give us a call. We'd love to help you out. That's mastermindmedia.com. And let's get back into the show. And where does, where does music fit in that? Ah, music's so beautiful, man. Um, my journey with music. So for people who don't know, like I act, right, a podcast, uh, and I've made music since I was 15. Um, you know, I started learning guitar on Ned's and was signed to Universal for a few years after Ned's. We never made a record. I got out of there. And then for like, you know, 15 years, I was making independent, you know, as an independent singer songwriter. Yeah. But that whole time, like every song I wrote was on guitar. I, I had a deep connection to all my music. During the pandemic, I was making a ton of music, releasing music, kind of building a little Patreon community. I was doing Instagram lives, playing guitar all the time, like just doing my singer-songwriter, like soul stuff. And then uh, just something happened in my creative process in 2021 where it all just died for a time. Like my connection to my own music, the path I was on with music, I just felt it, man. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to play guitar. I don't want to write songs. I'm bored of all of it. And I don't feel connected to it. And I just went on this couple year journey of trusting my own uh, creative process, which I've grown to know and listen to. So I was never worried about it. Friends of mine were worried about it. They were like, what do you mean? Like, what's going on with music? You're, yeah, like, yeah. What, what, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you're not making music? Well, you're not because for years I was doing that and I was like, I don't know, just right now, I don't feel it. And yeah, so over though, it, it was two years over those, over that time, I was just asking myself uh, deeper questions um, about like, why do I, like, what is this I'm going through? Why do I not feel connected to my, my music? 
what would make me feel connected to music? What do I want to do? And slowly this, this vision started to form of my current project, which is Good Valley. Um, slowly this vision started to form of like, I've made singer-songwriter stuff for however many years. I love my music, but it's not the music I fuck with. It's not the music I put on playlists. Mm. Like it, when, you know, when I finish listening to a song of mine on Spotify and then it goes to the algorithm to play music like this. Yeah. I don't fuck with that music. Interesting. I don't want to listen to what's next. I want to listen to my song, mm -hmm. but then what it gives me, I don't, I don't care about it. And that's, and that's how you're feeling now or no, that's how feel I was like, feeling yeah, yeah. about oh, no, my no, music. No, no, no. I mean, oh, yeah. but like, uh, so when you were writing those songs back then, yeah. did you kind of fuck with that music? Or was I, it? Or was I it, always yeah. the music was always coming from me. Like yeah, it was yeah. truthful and emotional and like real for me. I, yeah. I I fucked with it in terms of it's what was coming out of me on the guitar, and yeah, then I yeah. would get it produced. And like I, I fucked with it enough. I love my music. Like hey, go listen to it, guys. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's good it's stuff. Great, yeah. Um, but in terms of like what I like, what moves me musically, it's not what I was making. Yeah. Um, it's more like James Blake, it's Bonnie Vare, it's Tom Mish, Jordan Riquet. Like it's a whole different sound that I had never really ventured into musically. So when I was making no music, I just started to have this idea of like, all right, well, how do I make, how do I try and bridge that gap? How do I try and get into that music that I fuck with? Yeah. And so I had to start producing for my first time like I never gave my I, I would just write songs on guitar and get them produced I never got in there on logic and like started demoing stuff um but in order to discover what my sound was I had to start doing that and so yeah I've been learning how to produce I created some songs some demos I brought them to a friend and we produced them together and Good Valley is I've never been more satisfied with an artistic it's project so good, that I've man. ever made, man. It's so good. Thanks. Yeah, we've been uh, we were listening to it earlier as Hell well. Yeah. And uh, so, wait, where did Good Valley come from? The name? Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything has a big story. Look, I needed a name that wasn't me. I needed mm -hmm. a new name, and there was a whole process that led me to Good Valley, um, which now that I've put it out. Turns out I chose a name that's like impossible to search because there's a backslash in it and people don't know what it is, but that's cool. I yeah, actually I don't mind that. People will like, find it. Subtract is one of my favorite uh, artists and that's mm. S-B-T-R-K-T. Like no one knows what that is unless you know subtract. Um, yeah, yeah. So it kind of became something like that where I actually wanted it to be a little obscure so that the music is the music. If you know it and if it gets you, you'll learn the name Good Valley. And if not, you're going to be like, who and what is that? Yeah. And I kind of did want to distance it from like, yeah, from me, from, from, cause now I'm on podcasts every week. I've got mine Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm releasing so much of personal me. That's, that's Devin. That's me. Um, Good Valley is artistic expression. It's something else. It's like a different persona kind yeah, of, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, it, it, and it does. It makes sense, and uh, and when and listening to it versus listening to your old stuff, and it, it was like it, it it did feel like the current version of you now, yeah. and like just it just felt new, and it felt like something different, and uh, and it's just it's a vibe across the board. Yeah, was it was it as you first start, you know, you you open Logic for the first time, and you're like, okay, well here we go. 
was like, what were you drawn to as far as sounds or were you using inspirations or you just like letting it flood out of you? Well, it's like every song, like I said before, I would write on guitar. So that started with some chords and then a little singing, a little melody. And I was like, all right, nah, I got like, I'm bored of how I write. So I need to write different. So it, for me, it, it came down to beats and synths. So I would just, so yeah, there's sounds I'm drawn to for sure. Mm -hmm. Like there's certain kind of lo-fi, hip hop, 808, like there's certain sounds I'm drawn to in terms of beats. And then there's certain sounds I'm drawn to in terms of like indie electronics, synths. Uh, yeah, I have a, a Moogs sub fatty. It's like this crazy synth bass that's just like makes the fucking greatest sounds. And just playing around <laughs> on that is amazing. Um, but yeah, so it, so it was like, cool, I'm going to start with a beat, a groove, and then build some atmosphere with synths. And we're going to start there. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And and just same thing for me as a singer-songwriter. I've used it more therapeutically in the last mm -hmm. maybe seven years after playing live a few times a week um, for four or five years then. I, I I love that I have the the ability to play guitar and write and let my, you know, whether it's good or bad feelings come out and yes. just like use it therapeutically. Um, but I also look at myself now and think if I were to pick up guitar which Molly, who's here too, she just picked up guitar after playing piano for a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, I know how hard it is at, at this stage to find time to learn something new. So to dive in and start even learning how to, how to produce yourself and to find the sound and to find the sound that does work. And that's like, oh, that, that's fucking dope. I just commend you it, to, to make that happen. It's daunting. You know, yeah. like I, 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 I learned a lot and spent time getting better at a lot of things when I was younger. But yeah, when you get in your thirties and you got a busy life and all that shit. Like, yeah, it is daunting to take on a new task yeah. because you know how much time you have to put in to get good. <laughs> yeah. And, and that can just stop you from starting anything new. Cause you're yeah. like, well, I don't have 10,000 hours to learn fucking logic at this point in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I kind of had to, in order to find this sure. new sound. And luckily I have an incredible producing partner. So what I lack technically uh, I can bring to him and we'll make it sound yeah. a lot better, but I can lay out kind of the foundations and some of the sounds. Um, so that's actually been a saving grace is yeah, like, yeah. I actually have the freedom to let a lot of it be messy in my production um, because I'm going to go to someone who helps me clean it up. Sure. But I've done the groundwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so far you've released three songs. I've released three songs. Um, my EP, including those three songs, will drop on October 24th. Yes. With the lead single of the EP is called Touching, and I cannot fucking wait for people to hear it. <sighs> I actually need to start promoting it. Well, this is part of it, but I need to start promoting it on uh, TikTok, but I've been yeah. distracted. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, people aren't, people aren't ready. People aren't ready for touching. Are you thinking about performing live at any point? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. However, I, with my old shit, like I could just get up and play guitar anywhere. It'd be easy. Like, um, in 2019, I opened for Seal. It was incredible. Wow. Oh, wow. And it was just me and the guitar because I knew like I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can play. If I don't have a band, I can play just me and guitar. Good Valley, I have no idea yet <laughs> what the live setup is going to require. I'm going to need to buy gear. Like, it's electronic heavy. I'm going to need stuff to process my vocals live. Like, it's not, wow. it's not, you know, it's got to be. It's a, a it's a whole production. Ex exactly. It's a whole production. Like, it really is. It's a production. It's a sound. So I, I absolutely want to play live, and I can't wait. But I'm going to have to do some work to 
even know what that looks like yeah. and I haven't started yet. Yeah, it's it's so dope what you can do these days too. And like I mean, even seeing like what Ed Sheeran does and yeah. like his one man show. Yep. And, and uh so yeah, we look forward to seeing exactly like what you come up with because it's gonna be dope. Dude, that Ed Sheeran shit was majorly inspiring uh when I was doing my singer songwriter stuff. When I saw that he played the Hollywood Bowl with no band, that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's an eighteen thousand seat venue. <laughs> and for him to just go like, Yeah, I got it. Like I don't like to to not have the mentality like, whoa, this is a huge uh, arena. Like I need to bring a big show and fireworks and get a 12 piece band to to match the stage. He was like, no, 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 I'm just gonna do my shit. I'm I gonna play it. acoustic. It really um, shifted some things for me when I was playing guitar. I was like, I need to be able to own my, what I do, just me and the guitar. Um, and it gave me a lot of confidence uh, watching him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to play that like every day, and like and t- to the every point now, day. Every, <laughs> every time we put YouTube on, it like goes right back to it. Eventually, it finds it. <laughs> it knows what you like. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was just like just being able to see somebody, even in the studio. And I know how like with timing is so. It's so for me, it's so difficult. But mm. to see the timing that somebody has to 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 loop and continuously loop, I'm like, yo, that shit's crazy to loop. To loop live, and of course they mess it up every now and then, yeah. but to most of the time, be building those loops live mm-hmm. is crazy. And using now. the guitar as a, as a um, percussion, yeah, percussion as well. Insane. It's like so sick. But even yeah, even just seeing that and seeing other people out there that are doing loops or what have you, um, and what's available within technology now to be able to make the show yours. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. people to say, hey, have you did you see exactly. you see Good Valley? That's what I want. I can't wait. To, yeah, wait yeah. To see what I want I want to melt people's brains when we play live because it's super synth heavy like yeah. I, I want the electronic sounds to melt your brain yeah <laughs> so show up on mushrooms <laughs> yeah 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 with a helmet on with yeah helmet. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean honestly that's a funny statement but like my music before <laughs> like my music has always come from me. Like my, my friends who know me, when they hear it, they go, that sounds like parts of you. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. When my friends heard Good Valley, like the friends who really know me and heard the whole EP, like I, it was such a, such a validation. I, one of my closest friends was like, dude, like this sounds like all the parts of you that I know. And part of that <laughs> is like mushrooms. Like my, my music before didn't sound uh, like drugs at all. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a perfect way to describe but it. But Good Valley, there's some drugs in there and there's some drugs in me. Yeah. <laughs> and there'll be drugs in you. It's yeah, an experience. It's what it is, man. So, cause, so you said you had to kind of reinvent your writing style yeah, as well. Fully. And this, which you have. Yeah. Um, and just seeing this new, new version um, is so exciting. What are some of the themes within this first EP? <laughs> and are they similar to the themes maybe in your film, your life's um, film? Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, this EP, uh, this EP, yeah, and kind of the last couple years. Uh, the, the EP is called Brief Romance, and uh, I've been single for five years, but but I'm not... I'm not a successful uh, fuck boy, you know, because mm-hmm. I have feelings. Yeah. Um, but I haven't wanted to be anyone's partner for five years, but I still want to get to know people. I still want love and intimacy. I, it does lead me into situationships, right? But not in the way where, like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I do. I just can't. I 
can't give that uh, promise. I can't give that expectation because of where I'm at in my process right now and in my life right now. Um, so I don't know. The EP, each song is kind of exploring a different aspect of love, sex, intimacy, romance. Uh, I mean, anybody, the first song I dropped, that's probably the most vulnerable one is like, mm -hmm. is that thing of when you've been heartbroken um, and you want to open up again, but you're so fucking scared. You know, you're so unwilling to be hurt like that again. Yeah, why would I do that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <Been there>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. He was in that stage when we first met. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Still, he was healing. He was in the healing stage, and I was like... And I had just ah. gotten to the point... <laughs> I had just gotten to the point where I was super open with everything, too, but then it became somewhat trauma dumping. Yeah. And then so... Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it was, but but yeah, same thing for me. But I, luckily, based on where I was at that time, I knew I didn't want this to to fleet. But I also mm -hmm. didn't. I also knew that I wasn't ready to jump into something, and I didn't want this to turn into a rebound. Yeah. So I was like, let me communicate this to you so that you at least know where I'm at. Yeah. Because in the past, fuck boy, Mark. Successful fuckboy Mark <laughs> would have been like, "What do you mean? I just didn't call her again. Just don't call her." Well, I just, right? Yeah, but I, I you, right. You get too evolved for that. You, you hope. Yeah. You hope. Yeah. You know, men out there, fucking get get too evolved for that. Yeah. Get to thirty. Uh, Cause, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Is like, at least communicate it. If you're a, in a bit of a mess and there's going to be some don't let it be miscommunicated at the very least communicate it and, and know yourself and know and know what it is for a woman to love you like know know what's going to happen to them know that it's like you do have to take care of their feelings you know yeah um it's a responsibility yeah there's a responsibility yeah. there to at, l at the very least communicate and be honest with where you're at and that's why you wrote these songs. So you could, hey, by the way, by the this way, is why out. it's not going to work By out. the way, listen deeper. <laughs> just, put, just put your soundtrack in your Hinge profile and <laughs> it speaks for itself. You're not on Hinge. No, no I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on the maps. Yeah. You know? But yeah, good on you to, to, to put it out there. Is it hard to put it out there for you these days? Or is nah. it mostly, yeah, is it you, you want to, you're... You, you're available to put that out. Yeah, I'm I'm so open, especially with my podcast. Like yeah. I mean, it preceded my podcasts, but now it's like now it's locked in. But I just I don't know. I don't know when I I don't know if I've always been, but at some point I just started being really open. I don't have another way of being like even online. That's sometimes a a fucking dance is knowing how open I want to be on social media. Yeah. Cause like being open to the masses is different than being open with people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know how to turn it off. So I'm just gonna do me. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to create what I want to create. I'm going to be good to the people in my life and I'm going to put shit out there. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's days when I leave recording, um, Ned's pod, uh, there's days when I leave recording that podcast where I just feel so raw and vulnerable because we were just so open with yeah. each other for hours, you know, and I know it's going to go out to the public, which is a frightening thing. And I feel this like vulnerability, but not in a way where I'm like trying to call the editors and say, cut that out or cut that out. I'm like, this is, this is me. Yeah. So 
fuck it. Yeah, that's why I feel like that's the closest we can get to being a superhero in our own lives is to be that open and honest, especially when you're in the public eye. Yeah. I was I spoke at a high school last week and I, when I left, I was like, maybe I sh- didn't need to tell them about <laughs> sleeping in my car and like, like maybe they're not ready to hear that. No, right? that's the good yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm so open about my entire life. Yeah. Even when, when, before I left, she was like, hey, just, um, I was like, she's like, uh, what are you going to talk about? I was like, oh, I'll probably start with this, this, and this. She's like, just maybe don't tell them about how you ruined your credit. And I, I was like, I, I'm just worried about the teachers. Yeah, you yeah, know, the yeah. teachers are like, they need that real life. Yeah, what does he say? Don't, don't tell the kids how horrible it is. But that's real life. Tell it, them. Is, it is, it is. And I'm so open about it to the point where it, mostly because I, w- I was so quiet about my life before because I always wanted to be perceived as the golden child. Yes. And once I was able to break through that, which I always attribute uh, acting class to, yeah. uh, once I was able to break through that and I realized, wait, this is all my power. Yeah. Then everything changed. Now I'm same thing as you. I'm yeah. so open, but I wouldn't I'd r- uh, much rather this version of me versus the closed off. That's it. Trying to pretend like everything's okay. That's it. Sometimes I question my own openness, but because it's pouring out of me, like, yes, there are times to have a filter, but I'd rather lean on my default just being me. Yeah. I'm not editing myself for anybody, you know? Like, I'm just gonna tell you who and what I am, you know, and what I believe. Yeah. Well, speaking of telling the truth and everything, every movie has its all is lost moment. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. What Had is that? it. Yeah, yeah. So, so if if we're talking about hundred year old mm-hmm. version, talking mm-hmm. uh, of you talking about your current life now, mm-hmm. was there a moment yeah. in your life that that bring, comes to mind? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, like yes. And fuck, it is a cliche, but those moments do deepen your life. They do shape your character. They do, once you get through them, make you better, more compassionate, stronger, all these things. Um, But they also are really painful. So you might come through them with some coping habits or defense mechanisms that you do have to look at. Um, But yeah, man, uh, mine was like a seven. How old am I? Uh, Mine was like a six, seven year journey of of the season of all is lost. Um, When I was 25, my parents got divorced. That was the beginning of it. It was sudden, it was messy, it was it was life-changing. Parents got divorced, I ran out of money the next year, a major relationship that I thought was the relationship ended. Uh, I was working day jobs for the first time in my life. Uh, at a certain point, I didn't have an agent or manager in the first time in my life. Like my career had never felt further away. Um, had a best friend lose his mind, like, just this shit back to back to back to back to back. Then COVID hit. And like COVID was this weird time. I I know there's some people, it's so funny. I've talked about this before. There's some people who like lived in like Texas and Florida who like they didn't have a pandemic. So whenever I say this, they're like, (laughs) they're like, what are you talking about? Because they were just open the whole time and just living a normal life. And it's so strange that some of us like went through this major 
life altering time where like you couldn't go out and you know our city was empty. LA was empty yeah, for was a wild. year. It was bizarre. No traffic. No traffic. <laughs> that was probably the only bright side. Yeah. Of exactly. But you didn't know if you could go out. You're like uh, yeah, and there yeah, and there yeah. wasn't a ton of places to go. But yes, you could drive anywhere in twenty <laughs> minutes. Uh, we saw how small LA was just that time. You're like, oh my god, I can get here in fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. Normally, I've been late every day since. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, whatever. COVID hit LA. It hit my life, and it started this weird process of like me both losing my mind because of everything that was happening in the world, but also starting some some slow shifting, like back to myself and mm. what what I wanted and who I am, you know. Um, and it's taken it's taken a lot of time, man. Um, just in this last year, and honestly, my podcasts are a part of it. They've been part of me building a foundation of what I put my energy into, what I put out online. Um, that's helped in this last year. Like I really feel like things have turned that phase of my life that it felt like I couldn't get out of. Um, feels like it's finally like turned and things are moving and opening again. Mm. So it sounds like that was like uh, somebody call a good valley. Ah, you see, I thought you see, maybe it's got uh, meanings. Yeah, you yeah, see? yeah. Meanings. There's a lot of meanings in there, yeah. but yes, dude. Yes, it was a good valley, even though it was a hard, hard, hard yeah. time. Yeah, it was. It was strange, man. For so many years, like. Anytime I would try and put myself back together and try and get something going, something else would come along and just fucking knock me back down. Um, and it kept happening like year after year. It was daunting. Yeah. Like it was daunting. I bet. Yeah. How did you pull yourself out of that? Um, you know, that like part of it was that process of like getting knocked down by something taking the hit, feeling what I needed to feel, going to therapy or whatever, like starting to work out, you know, doing the things to try and build myself back together in some way, try and start living again, try and start creating things again, get on top of it, and then something else coming along. And just that cycle for, I mean, seven years of like trying to take the hit, take the trauma, feel what I need to feel, integrate it, come back to my life, come back, try and come back to myself, try and come back to my courage, try and come back to my creativity, try and come back to my compassion, get back in there on my life, take the hit. Like it was that just for so long. But in that process, man, like I learned my boundaries, learned what my yeses and nos are, learned how to stop being a fucking people pleaser, um, learned how to really be honest with people in relationships, like, uh, got closer with certain people in my family, got closer with certain friends. Like, there, the, it was a time that shaped me. Now looking back, I'm like, sure. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. It shaped me. I'm a, I'm a deeper version of myself and a bigger version of myself because of it. Um, but man, it wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, would have preferred maybe two years of that. Yeah, because it was really ongoing. Um, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard to look at your life and go like, I don't know. Everything I worked for feels like I can't access it. That was the hardest thing was like, now my family's gone. That, that gave everything mm. for me to live this dream. 
this dream now feels inaccessible to me. And we all believed it. The reason my family did this thing was because they believed in me and that I could do it. And I was doing it and I had it. And now it's gone. Like now I can't even find it. And they're gone. And what happened? You know, like... Could, is, I, could I have avoided this? Yes. What did I do wrong? Yeah. yeah, all that, all that. Like looking at what the fuck happened and how do I get where I want to go again? And man, luckily life opens up again. You know, we go through seasons where things contract and where things expand. Yeah, yeah. When you get through something like that, you really understand like, wait, I can get through anything at that point because that's something that a lot of people don't even have to go through that or don't go through that yeah. uh, journey and they don't become whoever they're supposed to become or they avoid that or, or, or what facts facts. I think some people, I mean, God bless your life if it never reaches your doorstep, but you will be insulated from part of your own humanity when shit like this doesn't reach you or when you're constantly avoiding the feelings of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really develops you and you become that person. I think uh, Jordan Peterson says something about uh, you want to you want to become the, uh, the the person you can rely on at a funeral. Yeah. So other people, if you're that developed to yeah. the point where everybody goes, tragedy is going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen yeah. um, in your lifetime. Uh, yeah. If you live, if you stay alive long enough. Yeah. And if you're that person where most other people don't get to that place. No, it's hard. It's hard to decide or to have it in you to like, yeah, to be that person who even when shit is so fucking rough around you that people can count on you to yeah. be a human, just mm -hmm. be a human yeah, be a person. Yeah. you still have to grieve as well for sure but like be there yeah. see the humanity seek the humanity yeah and yeah. i gotta say I, I i have learned a lot from jordan peters peterson at a certain time in my life but also that guy says a lot of fucking dumbass shit it's 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 sad it's, it's sad it's tricky. that man has disappointed me <laughs> yeah most recently or yeah, yeah, yeah the last yeah. few years i'm like oh fuck this shit it's yeah. so hard to go like to wholeheartedly follow some of these you know speakers yeah, like anybody, all the way yeah. yeah right like die hard yeah, like, yeah i'm trying to be like you know how the trump fans are just so die hard for trump even yeah. when he says like the crazy some smart shit. shit and then some crazy stupid mm -hmm. shit <laughs> like why what is that like there i don't think those exist anymore yeah yeah you don't get to no everyone's flawed you gotta like take what you take and yeah. leave what you leave but yeah peterson's peterson's <laughs> he says some dumb ass shit Gary Vaynerchuk, he's got he's he's someone we he's can pretty follow. Out. Yeah, he's, he's pretty um, out. I'm but, a Gary V guy. No, but that that point is is so so valid. And and if any of you out there like have the strength to do it, yes, like make yourself reliable, make yourself formidable. Hmm. Um, I, I have always tried to be that in my life. Like even even when my family was falling apart, like. I talked to everyone through it. Like I, I, I wasn't just in my pain saying fuck off everyone. Like I was checking in with my whole family the whole time. And honestly, like I'm pretty close with everybody because of that. Um, yeah, you do, you do find out, I will say you do 
decide your character and find out your character when shit's hard, not when shit's good. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. easy to be a fucking nice guy when your whole life is like lovely and going smooth and you got money and, and there's no conflict. Like, yeah, easy to be like, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a good person. Like I care about people or whatever, whatever yeah. those values are. You'll see what your character is when, when shit's really hard. Yeah. You know, like, do you yeah. show up? Do you show up then? Do you show up well then? Do you show up compassionate then? Probably not right Probably away. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing too. And like, yeah, going through those things and realizing and being able to reflect and say, oh, fuck, I fucked that up. I, I wasn't who I wanted to be in that moment. Yeah. Let me not be that person in the future. Mm. And then still happens a little bit. Like, I thought I fucking learned that. Mm -hmm. Why am I still not that person? And and like, that's what I think a lot of a lot of times even in entrepreneurship and um, something that uh, Jai and I talk about a lot is like, like everybody that's successful has gone through a lot of the ups and downs of the business. And like, we all wish you could just start a business and like, wow, we're thriving. And like, like with your, with your career as well, it's like, yeah, man. wow, that would be, but at the end of the day, you will, you will learn. And that future version of yourself looking back is going to understand the peaks and valleys that you're going to go through. Yeah. It's so fucked up. <laughs> it's so fucked up. Cause like, yeah, now that I'm through this time in my life and like, it really feels stable moving in the right direction. I look back at the fucking hell I, I was feeling for years and I'm grateful. Mm. I'm grateful. All the rejection, failure, all the no, all the no's, all the things I thought were it that weren't it. Now I'm so glad the music I'm making is the best best music I've been making in my life and I'm fucking stoked about it. If my old music went where I wanted it to go, I wouldn't be making this it. music. Yeah. Like if the Ned's reboot that I wanted to happen and pitched happened when I wanted it to, first of all, it would have got fucked up by the strike and I wouldn't have my podcast that I fucking love and that I own and is mine and is real, right? Like these things that were no's that hurt that I thought were going to solve my life that took time to fucking process. Now that there's some time passed, mm -hmm. I can look and go like, fuck, I'm glad they didn't happen. Yeah. But damn it. At the time I was so upset. Oof. And I think that having those experiences too, now as you're trying to, you know, pitch other projects or what have you, when it doesn't go through or like, you know, uh, we had an option recently, like, Oh my God, this is going to be the one we're going to make. We finally get in our shot. And then, but luckily based on, trial and error for so many years when at the end of the uh, end of the option it didn't go through we we're like all right we're gonna take it next we're gonna do versus yeah. like I, and uh, i hate i love this version of me but i also hate that i don't know how to celebrate because I, I i i'm i just stay here no matter what okay and like i'll go up and down a little bit yeah but i love it because i don't celebrate big wins so i don't i you don't, don't go too low yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when it's so, losses but, but, but you gotta to celebrate a little bit yeah 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 which you know because working on it because life is hard work and pursuing dreams pursuing entrepreneurship trying to make something out of nothing is hard steady energetic work so if you don't celebrate the wins like you're just was it worth it yeah, yeah like you're just gonna burn out you're just gonna miss you gotta celebrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta celebrate. But I get it. If you celebrate super big, the next loss is maybe gonna hit you a little harder because for a moment you felt on top of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. complicated, man. It's complicated. Were you, were you always optimistic? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I was. <laughs> I was optimistic because. Because <laughs> life 
showed me I should be. I didn't even know it as optimism. Life mm. was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I had a nice childhood and had a nice family. My parents supported my dreams. My dreams, second pilot season in LA, book Neds, right? Like my life was positive. It was proof that like, oh, dream, do it. Um, but really it was also like opportunity, luck. Thank God my parents were who they were, right? Like there was a lot that came into it. But mm-hmm. so I was very optimistic growing up. Um, I'm, and I was optimistic, I'll say, out of um, inexperience and naivete, right? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know any better. Uninformed optimism. I was uninformed optimistic. Um, now I'd say, I'm not an optimist. I'd say I'm a realist now. And part of that includes the reality that things can get better and that there's things worth putting your time into and that there's hope for things. And part of that includes the reality that some situations are fucked. Um, I don't find myself to be an overwhelming optimist anymore um, because I learned. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should stay positive. You have to. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're an artist... You must believe in your dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's foundational to making them happen. Like literally it's step one. You have to be the first believer. Yeah, you have (laughs) to believe it can happen or it really fucking won't. So it's like, I'm not saying I don't believe in shit. um, But just tacking optimism onto things and telling people when they're in a hard moment, hey, bud, things are going to get better, even if they will. Not the time, you yeah, know, yeah. like, that's, so that's I, I, something I had to work on or still I'm working same. on because I'm like, dude, it, you know, and it's so easy for me to say that in that moment versus yeah. just listening. Like yeah. so, find yeah. the bright. It, it's always find the bright side of every moment when you just want to live in the dark sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes so things are dark. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we'll see the bright side again. It will reveal itself. But some moments are dark. And, and that's the difference. Like yes. I used to be. Mr. Fucking Brightside. <laughs> um, and, you know, I didn't, I had never experienced fucking depression until I was 25. Like, not wow. real mm. depression. So when people would bring depression to me, I would empathize with them so much because I do care about people and I could imagine what they're feeling. But ultimately, I was like, but you just gotta not be yeah. depressed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but don't. what about? Have you tried gratitude? Yeah. And they're like, you're probably just dehydrated. Yeah, yeah. Have you tried water and saying Sleep? thank you? And and then I experience what depression is. Mm. And and I'm actually glad it happened because I remember in my depression having that awareness of all those times I thought you could just positivity <laughs> your way out and I was like, "Oh, Devin. No, bud." Like, this is going to take me years to get out of. Like, there's nothing. I asked myself in those moments. I was like, or I saw it. Like, there is nothing anyone could say to me right now (laughs) that would make me feel better. And if anyone tells me, well, at least you had 25 years with your family, I'm going to fucking kill them. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, my God. Don't bring me the bright side of my devastation. We'll get there. There's a time for that. Yep. But Jesus, the amount of people who want to skip over uncomfortable moments or skip over grief or skip over positivity is reality, but so is the fucking darkness. So the people who want to skip over that all the time because it's uncomfortable, 
You're missing out on literally half of your humanity and half of the humanity of the world. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I, I literally, I had this uh, same moment. Um, and I remember walking, I was at my parents' home. I was staying there for two months going through a breakup. And I remember walking up the stairs after it got really bad into the fucking, <laughs> it was about to be me and Jimmy Fallon <laughs> on the late night show going like, oh, fuck, this is what people talk about. Yeah. And and I remember just trying to distract myself also, I wonder if you do this too as an artist. When you're going through those dark moments, do you take notes in the moment? Sometimes I do a little journaling, I, I, a little like, reflection. I'm literally, I'm literally, literally, I remember like like grieving. Remember like the tears moment. are pouring. Remember this. Pain. I'm literally like, notice how you are right now. I'm like, just like I'm like, dude, can, I can't. Can I just be human for a second? <laughs> no, because that's part of yeah. being an artist is yeah. needing to express in all moments. Yeah. But and if, needing to reflect in all moments. But if know? I didn't have that moment in those two months, maybe even six months of like really f rediscovering who yes. I was, I'm, no, nothing afterwards would have happened. Uh -huh. I'm so grateful for it. In the uh -huh. moment, worst thing ever, fuck this. Um, but now, yeah, as you look back to it, and, and that's one thing now is I'm, you know, if somebody's going through something or, or, or trying to still understand where I was in that place yeah. versus it's so far away that, oh, yeah, I got through that, though. It's fine. Yeah, it was, you're going to yeah. get through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah, I think uh, grief, which is universal and uh, unskippable. Grief is, is an unskippable emotional process. It is going to happen to all of us many times throughout our lives. Um, it, it will happen from violence, it will happen just from something changing when you didn't expect it, a job loss really quick. Like that will create this little process in you. Um, and grief, man, I think is one of the, it, it being so universal, it bothers me how little we're educated on it, how little we have space for it in society. You know, in the US, it's like, your fucking mother dies. And if you have a regular job, like mm. you got three days, three days to handle all the funeral shit, deal with all the bureaucracy of someone dying, which is like, you have to make a million decisions on a million things. You go to the funeral, everyone cries, shakes hands, and then you're expected to be like back to work. That's insane. Like grief is a process. And, and like I said, it's unskippable. It's going to take however long it's going to take. And often it's longer than we have time for. Mm. Um, and my own relationship with my grief and feeling it, thank God I'm an actor and an artist, I, I have to feel it. it. It's deepened me. I'm glad I have a good relationship with my grief. When it starts, I, I kind of know how to get myself through the process of it and really be with myself through it. I don't think most people do. Um, and because it's unskippable, it will then come out in weird ways. Someone will have an insane disproportionate reaction to something because they never grieved the loss from 10 years ago. Um, I see it in so many family members. I see it in so many addicts. Uh, I see it in everyone. Like if you don't make space for your grief, your grief will distort your life. Um, and I just want more people to get into their experience of grief and be willing to open it up. And if you need to talk to a therapist, talk to a therapist. <clears throat> if you need to reach out to community, reach out to community. Yeah. And, and that's, that's that flip. I think that ha happened later in my life too. Once you, once you make that flip and you, you do want to understand yourself more. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing about therapy is going there and, 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 and 
discussing certain things and figuring out, oh, that does make sense that that's how I operate now because of that thing that I just pushed under the rug. Yes. And now as you go through new things, let me figure out this moment versus sweeping it under the rug and then yes. tackling it to, you know, 20 years later. In therapy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you deal with it at the time, I mean, it's hard, but you'll at least be dealing with it at the time. It's actually easier because it's, it's right there. It's, fresh, it's clear. Yeah. When you're dealing with grief 10 years later, it's unclear. The memories aren't clear, but the feelings are still fucking in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard, man. And don't judge. Like I find people judge their grief. Like, yeah, grief will come from a breakup. It should. It's hard, man. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like the, uh, what is it? Like the grief Olympics or like the oppression Olympics. Like it's not a, everyone yeah, has yeah, yeah. it and it's important to them. Like you don't have to judge like, oh, well I shouldn't, grieve my shit because there's worse grief out there like no 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 De- <laughs> yeah, deal, yeah. deal with it man Still gotta deal with deal it deal with it it's so funny yeah. you brought up um working a nine to five and and having grief is so different um i lost my grandpa a couple years ago and i was working at a job and i literally was so afraid to miss work and they did not make me feel, I mean, they were, they, i called when i heard at when i heard and everything and they're like okay take your time and then the text, when are you going to be back to work? Mm-hmm. And I took, I had to go to the funeral on Zoom in my uniform in the back room before Dude. my shift. And I'm bawling. And he's like, why are you here? And I'm like, well, you said I needed to come to work. Dude. And then you don't have time to grieve after that. Exactly. Because you're being rushed to get back to real life <sighs> so quick. So, yeah, that's such a real and, feeling. Yeah. And it's it's hard. It's deep. Like. When it's not happening to you, you see someone lose a grandparent and you're like, oh, yeah, that's sad. But like, it's a big process. When I lost my last grandmother, um, like she was the last of my grandparents. Like I had to grieve her. And then there was just this big new sensation in my life of like that generation in my family is gone. And that makes you ask questions about yourself. What's to come? Who am I? Who can I be for them? Like, it's a big process losing a grandparent. Um, and plus, if your grandparent loved you, which mine did, like, this person has shown me love since I was a fucking baby. And that's what I remember. And now they're not here. Like, it's big. It's, it's yeah, it's a bigger process than just, oh, okay, we had a funeral. Everyone hugged. For one day, yeah. and now I'm gotta answer fucking yeah. emails about something I don't give a shit about in this moment. Gotta you hit know? sales. Gotta hit sales. Exactly. Gotta hit you know. sales. Oh my god. <laughs> I still ended that. up being top seller though. <laughs> 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 Just want to say that. Formidable. Uh, <laughs> Formidable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Crazy. A crazy one in my life. So. So the summer of 2019, I, I, I told you guys, I opened up for Seal. This was the biggest thing that had happened to me in my music career was getting the chance to open for Seal. Biggest uh, shows I had ever done. I did two shows. Um, it was a huge moment, like for months of prep, right? Like I, I prepared. I was like, all right, vocal lessons, practicing every day, building my set, building my confidence, like I said, to own that I'm going to just be me and a guitar in a stadium or in a uh, theater of 2,500 people. Like I need to own my, my belief in myself that I'm enough. Um, so months of prep leading up to this. My first show uh, is at this venue outside San Jose, California. It's this beautiful outdoor venue, like up on a hill. It's this winery. If, if you know it, it's incredible. Um, 
My my set goes great. Seal's set is incredible. I've listened to Seal my entire life. Like it was incredible. That night, I'm standing on top of this hill after the show. I'm with my best friend, and I'm like, wow, that was like that was like a big moment for me. That was really beautiful. And then I got a phone call from my sister that my grandmother had died. <sighs> oh my God. That same night. Like I was literally <laughs> and metaphorically on a high, but I was literally yeah. up on a mountain, <laughs> like looking at the lights of San Jose, feeling so grateful for this opportunity I just had and and that I did well in it. And then that call. And it was just like, oh fuck. <laughs> like, oh fuck. Okay, so no time for the high. Now it's time to feel my life again. Man. And yeah, man. Isn't it wild how just your f things can just be here and then so quick? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially like what you had been going through at the time already. And then it's almost like a looking out like, like come on. Dude, literally, yeah. that was the feeling of like that. That was that time that I'm talking about where I kept trying to find it. And any win would then be like, and here's this. And that was one of them. I was like, wow. How do you not feel unlucky or like, yeah. how do you not feel like the universe is just against dashed you. against you at yeah. that point? Um, you do, like I did feel like that, of course, I'll say of course that feeling came up, but I have done enough work on myself to not, not believe I'm a victim to the universe mm. because granted, Yes, that happened, but I was on a hill just open for seal, living my fucking dreams simultaneously, you know? So, like, of course that feeling comes up of, like, oh, woe is me. Like, is the universe against me? But I know it's not true. It's just here's the complexity of life, life. man. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not a victim to it. You're not unlucky. This is life. This is life. It's highs and it's lows. It's fucking opportunity and it's loss. It's creativity and it's destruction. Like it is all of these things. And then it's about trying to become big enough or whole enough in yourself to hold that. And that's been the journey of the last yeah. few years. That sounds that. like the summary of your movie. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the summary. Dang. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of your movie. Yeah. What is what does the future look like? Yeah, man. After we've gotten through, we've gotten through the dark night of the soul. Um, I'm excited. I know I'm excited, man. I got I got the first experience of my dreams when I was a kid, coming out to LA, becoming a successful child star actor with opportunities and amazing life happening. Uh, all of that got really far away for a time. And now I'm back on this new wave of living my dreams. And I'm really excited to see these next 10 years. I feel uh, a lot of resolve in myself. And um, I'm not one thing. I'm an I'm a artist through and through. I'm going to make music. I'm going to act. I'm going to make movies. I'm going to make TV. I'm going to write. I'm going to support people. I'm going to travel. I'm going to see the world. Um, I'm going to help where I can. I'm going to have a beautiful community. Eventually I'll have a lovely family. Uh, and yeah, man, I, I, you know, the movie is yet to be written. People had asked me over the last few years, like, you should write a book. And I was like, no, 
I'm not there yet. Like if I yeah. wrote a book from here, it's incomplete. Like I'm not, I'm not through it yet. It's yeah, like, it's yeah. like it, the movie is undone. You know, I don't have my story. The arc isn't done yet, but I really feel like I'm on the, the come up. But it's going to be fucking good. Oh, it's <laughs> going to be fucking good. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. It's going to be fucking good. Man. Dude, it's, it's so dope to watch you do all of these different things and do everything so well. Thanks, um, man. And yeah, seeing you, because I didn't know a lot of a, a lot of this stuff. And maybe we met while you were processing that and going yeah. into, into oh. acting class. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, this guy's a fucking dope actor. I remember Thanks. seeing you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seeing you. Yeah. So like for you to even, you know, go back to class and refine your, you know, oh, find yeah. yourself as an actor. Yeah, all the time. You know, it's 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 been really great. Amazing to watch. And then now even knowing more of your story and everything too. And then looking forward to the future and with all the music and everything too. It's yeah, this, this movie's going to be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Shit's really good, man. When I came and did that POVs interview that you shot, like, yeah. geez, that was like peak depression. That was, that was, that was hard. And I can still communicate through it, but yeah, that was, a, yeah. that, that was a rough time in my life when I sat down with Sophie, like yeah. she was, she was not good, man. It's nice to sit here in a much different space, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. would you say even like, I have a guitar here. I don't know even I'm not I'm not like playing guitar these days. I told you I'm making indie music. Goodness, man. 
little baby Taylor is nice, you know? Yeah, I got it because I was like, Ed Sheeran has a baby Taylor? Dude, I'll take a baby no, Taylor. Baby Taylor's move, man. Dude, that was... That was so fucking Thanks. dope, man. The acoustic version is absolutely insane too. Yeah, get that, get that on. Uh, I need a <laughs> yeah. acoustic. That is the only song of my new stuff actually that was written on guitar. Wow, dude. It was like an old song from an old time that made sense for Good Valley. Mm. But yeah, it's the it's the last one I wrote on guitar. Dude. Thanks for playing for that. Yeah, that you was amazing, man. Put me on the spot, my hey, guy. That's what we do here. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for sitting at the table and blessing us with all of that. Hell yeah, man. EP coming out October 24th. 24th. Brief Romance EP. Good Valley. G-O-O-D slash V-L-L-Y. We love it, man. Um, and new podcast every week. I have Growing Up With Devin, which is my podcast where I sit down and talk with people about life. Uh, that's every Tuesday. Nedzy Classified Pod is every Wednesday. What else? What else am I up to? <laughs> Devin Work Harder on Instagram. Yes. Devin Workheiser on TikTok. Just, you know, if you fuck with me, find me. Um, yeah. Dude. I love it. I love it. Sick, what man. a way to end. Sick. So thank you so Sick. much. Uh, and uh, yeah. I was just going to say, oh. this was a treat, man. Oh. I've been wanting to sit down. I've, I've seen the Rodriguez Project. I've seen your, you post it. And I'm like, oh, we got to sit down and do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I, I love seeing everything that you're doing and everything that we're working on. It's just like there's so much synergy there. Yeah. And it's just yeah, like, I feel yeah. like we're going to work together on more shit. You Absolutely. Know? Let's make it happen. And uh, thank you so much, Jai Ma. Jai Ma official everywhere. Hey. Uh, Molly sitting there. Molly Gibson. The Molly Gibson. And myself, Mark Rodriguez TV. And uh, us at Mastermind Media everywhere. Uh, thanks again, man. And uh, Hell yeah. looking forward to it. Peace. <laughs>